0: hi and welcome to women ceo and reflection a podcast dedicated to personal growth and mental health discussions with women ceos across the globe it's here where inspired women get candid about what drives them to succeed and the personal challenges they've encountered on their path to success so if you're a woman on a mission this is the podcast you don't want to miss so sit back Relax, and let's get kicked. Camp- Hi, and welcome to Women's CEO and Reflection. I'm your host, Marisa Jones, and I'm joined by my co-host, Neil Haley. Today's guest is Beth Bad- Bad-a- Badalino. Badalino. Sorry, Badalino. and I'm, I'm so Italian. Awesome. I'm Italian, too. Oh, come I'm on, in. you should be Beth making that. She's an RNC and CEO of Healthy Women, where she brings a unique combination of sharp business expertise and women's health insight to her leadership of the organization. Beth has worked in the healthcare industry for more than 25 years, helping to define and drive public education programs on a broad range of women's health issues. As a result of her leadership, Healthy Women was recognized as one of the top 100 women's health websites by Forbes for three consecutive years, and was recognized by Oprah Magazine as one of the top women's health websites. Welcome to the show, Beth.
1: Thank you so much for having me. (laughs)
0: I'm so excited to have you here. You know, women's health is such an important discussion and um, your organization, like that's it's sole focus. Um, so tell me a little bit about what drove you to create this organization um, and, you know, kind of your path and how you got here.
1: So I wish I could say I started out, right out of high school. I'm, I was going to do women's health, but it truly was not that, that I didn't even know what women's health was. So. I think the passion was um, I found this job, the job with um, it's called our legal name is called the National Women's Health Resource Center. So I'm really kind of taking you back to, from the very beginning. And I had just graduated from business school and um, in, in a private school in Washington, D.C., and I'm one of six. And so we had uh, my parents had like Irish triplets. Um, so there were three of us under three and then they took two years off and had three more so there's six of us total so there was like almost three of us at college at the at one time so where i'm going with this is my dad said if you wanted to go to a private school you need to go for business and i really wanted to be a nurse so he said if you're going to be a nurse then you need to stay in upstate new york and so i'm like okay i'll go for my business degree the best decision i ever made like you know when you're like it was the best decision i ever followed so i went to school for my business degree graduated and came out and still wanted that nursing degree so i applied for this job thinking i was going to be a volunteer coordinator at, at a women's hospital in washington dc and when i interviewed they said oh no 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 we've got something better that we'd like you to do we we think you'd be a great fit for this organization called the national women's health resource center and i'm like i didn't care i just wanted a job and i w- the goal was uh, i would work for the hospital and the hospital would help support my tuition to become a nurse. So, because my parents are like, once you're done, like you need to pay for any extra degrees, we'll pay for your four-year degree. So anyway, I started with the National Women's Health Resource Center and that's where you know, I I started learning about women's health and you have to, when I started, it was in the um, early nineties. And at that point, clinical trials weren't even being performed on women, right? And we just started, you started seeing Um, coverage in magazines on women's health, like just, you know, Cosmopolitan, Seventeen magazine, they would do just quick articles, but there were, you know, snippets of information on women's health. And then you started seeing more coverage in um, some of the television shows. And at that point, Katie Couric was, you know, heading up the Today Show. And I just remember her starting to introduce like women's health segments. So the 90s was a very important piece of kind of history in women's health. And I was, I was in it at that time. And so I was learning as we were all learning about the difference of women's health, difference of women's bodies compared to men. And we know that they're different, but you know the fact that clinical trials were still being done on men and they were using the results and saying, okay, women can take the same type of medication at the same dose. Like, I mean, that's basically where we were. <laughs> it's kind of crazy to think about it. So I was very junior and I was the one that was answering the phone. So these women that were calling because they were diagnosed with something or they needed more information, I was the program, like the research assistant and I would research and then I started putting it into a database. And where I'm going with this is fast forward in the nineties is when a lot of the smaller hospitals were being merged or acquired by bigger hospital systems. So I was with a very small um, women's uh, hospital and the writing was on the wall. They were going to close. We were not for profit that operated under the the hospital system. And so I created a business plan. We pitched it to the CEO to like take help the national women's health resource center away before they closed the doors, because we saw there was an opportunity here that there was a need for um, a toll free number because at the time the internet wasn't didn't exist or was just starting to. Right. And so it was all toll free numbers and then you subscriptions to uh, paper newsletters. And so where I'm, you know, long story short is, I um, was able to get uh, the 5013C status um, and the name of the organization, the National Women's Health Resource Center, broke away from the hospital before it closed its doors and restarted the organization um, with two other partners working from my home. And that's when I think that, you know, the late nineties is when my passion really kicked in. And I said like, I really like this and I'm making a difference. And so I was able to take it a step further Save the organization and today, you know, um, have built it from, you know, a toll free number and a newsletter to one of the top leading go to sites for women's health and wellness.
0: Now, that's a great success story, and you've been with them for such a long time. Um, how have you grown? Like, what type of services um, does health uh, women's health, um, healthy, sorry, healthy women offer, and how have you uh, grown that business?
1: So, you know, it's, it, that's a really great question because, you know, it's all about being able to change. And I think for some companies and some, you know, even not-for-profit organizations, which are companies in business, we, we're a business, um, there's a lot of people that are, that are afraid of change where I've embraced change. So as, you know, as you're, as, if you're, you know, as I'm talking to potential people that are thinking about um Starting their own companies or as they're in more leadership roles, one of the advice I would give them is embrace change, right? Because change is going to help improve. Even if you make a mistake, you're going to learn from, you're going to learn, right? So I'm all about taking risks and I love, you know, I embrace change. And so we went from a toll free number and um, a printed, you know, printed materials to shifting to creating an online platform for health and wellness information that's accessible 24 seven. And so some of the key things that we needed to make sure transferred from that toll free line and the printed materials to this digital platform is that we needed to make sure that our audience stayed and grow would continue to grow with us, right? So making sure that women were able to get the information that they were searching for, to make sure that all of our content is high quality content. We create all of our own content. It's medically vetted and reviewed. So you know when you're reading it and you're knowing like the five questions that you need to ask your healthcare provider, are the questions that you need to ask your health care provider or will help guide your conversation. We are your girlfriend. We are your best friend when it comes to women's health. That's how we operated with the toll-free number. You would get my voice, you know, for the most part. I was answering the phones and I was doing the research. And you are important. You had my total attention. And we make sure that women feel like that when they're visiting our site. And there's so many topics with women's health that there's still kind of stigma and embarrassing and that was what was so lovely with creating this online portal is because you could get the information without you know in a way that you felt safe and that um and not embarrassed and then but more importantly one thing that we kept that did so well for us in the print version um of our business was we always interviewed real women real, that um were living with you know a, a chronic condition or had Um, maybe suffered a heart attack and can talk to other women about their story and their journey, Um, or was a caregiver for um, a husband or an aging relative that um, may have been diagnosed with a cancer or going through dementia and Alzheimer's. So giving that real women real story, her, her voice was so important. And we continue to bring that through onto our online platform. And today, that's one of the biggest draws for us is women understanding that they're not alone. And so it's been that's, really important. Yeah.
2: That's great. That's so that's, great. That's so, that's so Marisa, I was going to say, uh, what I was going to ask her is what about the whole, uh, push now for anti-aging or do you have a lot of discussions on your website about that?
1: It's not anti-aging. It's like embracing aging and it's aging. Well, I don't like the word anti-aging like, and that's, that's just so sad that we think about anti-aging, like we're all going to age. And you know, what was my, so we're changing. Healthy women is putting a stake in the ground right now. And it's so funny that you brought that up, Neil, because we have a huge survey Right now that is in the field, we have over 6,000 women that have taken it so far, and that's going to be the benchmark study because I am not going to continue talking about anti-aging and speaking to it as it's a negative. We're putting it in a positive light, but we're giving women the tools and resources on how to age smart and age well right? Because what we know from the, from this, you know, my whole history in women's health from the early nineties to now is that there's been so much done. So I'm always, there still needs to be more work done in women's health. I'm not saying that, but I'm glass half full. I'm very optimistic. I love to see when I started, most women didn't even know how to pronounce osteoporosis. They would call and like try to, you know, they were diagnosed with it, but now we know it's preventable cervical cancer, preventable and treatable, Uh, breast cancer, all the preventative screenings now that we can do that are actually covered by our Affordable Health Care Act that's still in place. Like we can go for our annual women's wellness visits and get all the screenings that we need to help us age smart and age well. So I am changing how I speak about it. I'm making sure the sound bites are gonna shift in 2023. It's we women are gonna be able to say, you know what, My health is a priority and I'm putting myself on the A list. I am going to come before my dog goes to the vet because as women, (laughs) we'll make sure our dog goes to the vet, but we will not keep our mammogram appointment. That'll be the first thing that gets canceled, right? So we're changing how we look at women's health. We're changing how we look at aging and we're putting aging in a positive spin.
0: And there's so much there's so much information out there when, you know, I know for me, I Google everything. Right. And so you find like these sites and then and then you read it and it doesn't feel right. And then you look and and you look at the source and go, oh, I shouldn't be reading from there. So you're wasting your time trying to find accurate information or you're finding these social media influences and you listen to their, you know, their videos and stuff, and then you realize yep. they're selling something that you don't want. And so it's so important because there's so much information and yours is, has been vetted out, like you said. Um, and, and you know, when I was, anytime I go through stuff, even before the internet, like in the late 90s, early 2000s, I was going through a lot of infertility issues. Um, and, and I was searching online, you know, as much mm-hmm. as you could search online. Yep. I was in IT, so I was able to get some access. And there's this whole group of women going through the same thing as me, and none of us knew where to get resources, and we were just sharing every little bit that we could. And one, you know, where I learned about my own body, and I was in my 30s at that point, yeah. was that book yeah. "Our Bodies, Ourselves." Like I learned so much more about that. my <laughs> cycle and ovulation, and I never even knew that. And I was in my 30s. Like how how do women not know this stuff, right? Like there's so much that goes through. bodies and then every decade our bodies change significantly. Right. And and how do we, you know, and if we have a baby or if you know if we have a miscarriage or you know as we age, if we if any any diagnosis we have, our hormones just go out of control. And and not having that information and you're so embarrassed to go find that information to go to a doctor. Because, there, you know, you have to find the right specialist because, you know, then you're going and, eight who the right, like,
1: it, and then finding out, like, do I need a specialist and where right. do I go to right. find a Yeah, it's like a spider web, right? And so what we yes. always said and how I explained it as I kind of created this this business was we're holding her hand, right? Because we are, we may be her first stop stop where she um, is looking and searching and not really sure Um, But she's like maybe exhibiting signs and symptoms and she reads something on our site. And so we hold her hand and make sure that we lead her to a site that if she's on, you know, looking for fertility information that we show her the organization that kind of owns infertility and that has credible support groups and information where she can get that. We'll make sure she gets some information that she needs, but we're also going to make sure she gets to the final destination that she can go to and be part of, you know, the bigger conversation and making sure that she gets a healthcare provider that takes her insurance in her state, you know, go, we go the extra mile, but that's how we kind of set, I set up healthy women is that we are your best friend and we're going to hold your hand until you get the answers that you're looking for.
0: That's such a great service to offer. It's so important. So how have you grown personally as your company has grown?
1: Oh my goodness. Well, like I said, you know, I'm coming out of school. I thought, you know, I I did business and I really thought, you know, nursing was going to be my career and possibly policy um, because I always like, the DC area and um I loved looking at Capitol Hill um all my years while I was in Washington. And then I got into the you know to the women's health space. Um and I did graduate with my nursing degree. So yes, the hospital did put me through nursing school. Um and I didn't owe anything when I left. And um so I'm still a practicing nurse, and I think what it's how it's affected me is I love helping people. So through this company, through this business, I'm helping people and the nursing hat and the nursing career that I have still, um, I'm helping people. And I just think that's just part of my DNA and I'm able to do both, not just, and I, because honestly, I don't think I could be a nurse full-time. Like I'm so glad I have the business side. And when I go to the hospital, I'm always in such a great mood and I love being there. And I have to say over those past two years with COVID, it's been a little nutty. It's a little (laughs) bit nutty, but I'm still like, I love, I still enjoy my shifts that I do at the hospital. So overall, I think um, that's what's been so I think powerful and impactful is that I'm doing something that I absolutely love, but I didn't plan that when I was younger. So my advice to your audience is like, you may go to school for something and find your job is completely, you know, a 360 from what you thought, but just try different things because you never know what's really going to stick, you know, and what's really right. going to be your passion. I was so um,
0: that's great. Yeah. I mean, I spent 30 years in corporate IT and now I'm doing mental health work. I so you. yeah, <laughs> you, you just never know where your path is you going to lead know, you. Right. And it's never too um, late
1: to reinvent yourself. That's, that's my other thing too. It's never too late to reinvent, right? So I just think like you take a bit of, like you're always going to be learning and you take the best part of that job, whether you were a waitress or, you know, you worked in IT or you worked in, you know, pharmaceutical, and you bring it to your next chapter um, because there's always going to be things that you can draw on that will help Uh, map out that next step or that next chapter and make you bigger and better and stronger.
0: I love that. Yeah. So let me ask you a lot of, you know, I've had a lot of various health conditions over the years and the one thing that's never in alignment, and I don't see this often, except for perhaps in the cancer, um, uh, uh, when you have, in the cancer, when you have uh, cancer, Um, and that's mental health. So aligning mental health services not outside, not like oh you're going through infertility. Most the counselor right. and it has nothing to do with the treatment we're doing, right? I right. see that in in, um, in cancer. Um, uh, I don't know well, what you we're call it, cancer care, yeah, yeah. yeah. The um, cancer teams
1: see, are doing job.
0: Yeah, the cancer teams, but I don't see them in other uh, areas of your health. So like if you get a you know, if if you're, if you have an autoimmune uh, disease or if you, you know, any, anything else that you might be going through, mental health is not usually aligned. Uh, What are, what are some of the things that you're doing doing in your organization to create that alignment?
1: You know what, that's, you bring up a really good point. And so when we look at mental, when we look at women's health, we start from head to toe and mental health is part of anything that we do, anything and everything, right? Because everything goes back to your mental health and wellness, right? Whether it's a cancer diagnosis, whether, like you said, an autoimmune disease diagnosis, whether it's, um, you know, even living, you know, living with obesity, I'm just thinking, you know, Alzheimer's, whether it's, you know, uh, caring for something as a caregiver, if you have a child with, you know, caregiver for an adult or a caregiver for a child with special needs, like, it all affects your mental health. So mental health is part of your overhaul. Overall, health and wellness. So that's how we're addressing it from our perspective. Is that we always look at mental health. So if we're doing cardiovascular a program on heart disease, we're looking at her mental health, right? Because not only will the diagnosis, but the medication can affect your mental. health, You know, looking at um, how medications could affect your mental health, and may, many of us wouldn't even know that. Like we're starting a new medication regimen, and we have no idea that it may affect our mental, our mental health, right? So right. that's part of it. And I think, you know, going back to your point with, you know, mental health and cancer, that was a really good blueprint, right? When they, when they are starting to shift on how they're managing cancer patients, right? Because the good news is, um, cancer patients and with all the research, um, that they're doing in new treatments, um, cancer patients are living so much longer and living high quality lives. Right. So, and they have a team that, that team approach. It's not just your oncologist anymore. You get your social worker, mental health, you get support groups, like it's all encompassing. And I just think that's such a good blueprint um, for us to look at for other different therapeutic areas, different diagnosis. And I know because I'm maternal health, we're doing that more with postpartum, you know, moms and postpartum, you know, cause looking at postpartum depression again, which was never talked about. Um, and people were like, I'm ashamed or, um, embarrassed to even admit that, you know, I, I, I could care less about my, this newborn baby. Um, I'm, I can't even think about how I'm even going to take a shower, you know? Um, so now we're making sure that, there's a screening done and that there's follow-up done and that there's support groups and that we make sure as nurses, we're educating our patients. Like if you go home, this, this is normal. Like you may get, you know, X, Y, and Z and making sure that we talk to the dead. But anyway, I just wanted to let you know that I'm seeing that kind of starting to expand into other therapeutic areas, healthcare areas, and it's good. But I think going back to why it's because we're talking about it more. There's more education being done on the importance of mental health and that people are hearing that, oh my gosh, I'm not the only one that's thinking this way or, um, or feeling this way. And so the more that we share, the more that the media does positive education about certain conditions that might, may have been stigmatized in the 50s and 1960s and 70s, the more that we do the education and awareness, the more that celebrities come out because people like to identify with celebrities and admit that they're living with, the more that we're going to see positive support and, um, and growth um, and acceptance. And so you know when what, you talk so, about...
2: So I was, yeah, I was going to say, Marisa, this is such, such great information because, I mean... Focusing on mental health and what you've been able to create in this mission of this podcast is so, so important because it's a subject that people don't want to talk about, but it's such an important subject and especially relating it to health because health does lead to sometimes mental issues and we're then afraid to go and ask for help and a resource like our guest today is a fantastic one that we need to connect with for sure. And Marisa also, we're, we're close to running out of time. So I think you have your last question.
0: Yes, I do. I have so many more wow. questions, but so, so this question is um, it's about, do you, um, so, so, you know, going back to the cancer teams, cause they have such a great kind of uh, support yeah. group uh, for that type of diagnosis. They also use holistic methods as well like meditation and you know drinking smoothies and and power protein shakes and and yoga do yep. you um do you also align I mean being an RN sometimes it's a hard line like no holistic stuff right it's all No 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 all...
1: I love holistic I always say okay, it's great. like it's it's a whole package right and so I just think that the holistic part the you know aromatherapy now we have a, we're using aromatherapy as part of our practice in our hospital um you know and it's it's a huge change instead of just um medicating and um thinking, you know, and I do remember in the 90s we we're like, oh my gosh, that's all like hippie yippie um stuff, the holistic, but it's it's powerful and it's important and it's all part of the kind of the map, the roadmap, right? And I, I think it is an important piece. I think yoga, I think meditation, I think. Lavender candles, you know, whatever. But I just think you, it's just what, what works for you? What makes you relax? What makes you feel good? Um, And I I think, and there's not one size that fits all. And that's what I always say about women's health. There's not one size does not fit all. We all know that as women, when we go to try on something and it says one size, you're like, this is crazy. One size does not fit all. (laughs) either. it, And that's so important when it comes to health. It's not like one pill is going to do it. If it works for me, it may not work for you. One size does not fit all. It's a, it's a mix and we'll figure out what that mix is. And if it's working for you, then we support that.
0: That's so great. So what's the one thing that you do to maintain your mental health? You know what?
1: I run exercise oh, is my, is, yeah, is my MO. Like I am a better wife. I'm a better mom. I'm a better person. I just need to, I, That that's what does it for me. It's just my stress release. So if I come up with a hurdle or a challenge, I go out for a quick run and I think about it. And when I, and I may write like a scathing email just because I need to get my anger out. I won't send it. And then I go for a run and come back and then like either I'll shift it up a bit or delete it.
0: That's a great idea. Take a step out before you explode on someone. Right. Right.
1: Like, yeah.
0: That's so great. Well, thank you so much for being on the show. Where can people find you?
1: So people can find me at Beth at healthywomen.org. All right.
0: Well, thank you again for being here. It's been a pleasure.
1: Thank you. Thank you for having me.
0: Thank you for listening to Women CEO in Reflection. To reach out to one of our guests, their contact is in the description of the show you want a total mindset transformation apply to mindset warrior the art of intentional thinking my personal coaching boot camp at iamamindsetwarrior.com and schedule your call with me today thank you